0: Welcome to the Hey Soul Sister podcast where Mel Histon will guide you through life's big questions and bring you one step closer to doing this crazy journey as
1: best you can. Hey Soul Sisters, Meg Linton is a girl determined to change the world and she's sitting right in front of me. For those of you who don't know Meg, and and Meg has been on Hey Soul Sister before, Meg is a yogi. She is the creator of Watch Your Language program and has just released her first book with the same title, Watch Your Language. Yeah.
0: I still freak out looking
1: at it, it just blows my mind. So nice to see it in copy. Do you know what? Congratulations. It is such an achievement. Thank you. And. I, I go the th- I've never written a book, but I, and the thought of doing it just seems like such a, a huge mountain to climb. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you found it?
0: yeah you know what the writing was easy it just came out of me i went away i went to buyer and i went to lennox and it just spilled out it was just so easy the editing <laughs> and then the just the the clearing it up and putting it all in together i was so grateful for my publisher the Klein press they've been amazing yeah. they just held my hand through it especially when i just wanted to break down and throw it all in in that last six months that was so hard i think because i couldn't work much i just had to go back and forward and I knew there was an end point, but I was just ready to throw it
1: all in and and do
0: whatever it took.
1: <laughs> do you know what's funny that you say that? So I've been recording with Charlotta, and we did a, a topic called The Hero's Journey. Have you heard of The Hero's I Journey? I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah, it's like... The theme that runs through so many books, movies, stories, both in fiction, but also in life mm. and that we all go through different heroes journeys within our life and hearing you talk about writing a book, which is feeling compelled to do something, stepping out your front door and going for it, but facing all these challenges and times where you think you might throw it in, but then kind of getting the reward at the end.
0: Yeah, it definitely was. If you would have told me at the start that it entailed all of that and all of those emotions And I think just sitting with that and knowing that it was now my choice to do it, you know, I don't know, but it just came through me. There was no way that it wasn't going to happen. I knew that it was my purpose to write, but I had no idea of what the the journey would have brought, but I'm so grateful. I learned a lot.
1: So what were you trying to achieve when you wrote it? I didn't know.
0: I just knew that something needs to be down into those pages. I went in with no expectation. I had no set date. It was just, you know, I just feel this is coming from my heart. I need to share these words out.
1: Well, it's interesting because when I read it, I found it so easy to read and I absolutely connected with it. Thank you. And that's why I wanted to have you. In here today. Girls, you need to read this book. We won't get through it all today, but I just wanted to, I suppose, talk through some of the key themes because, as you know, I'm on a journey to live a more soulful life. And that's one of the themes of this podcast of Hey Soul Sister is, Mm. you know, how do we live a more soulful, connected, and joyful life? I love that. Yeah. And I was really, really drawn to your book. And I think every woman can relate to it and some men too, of course. Definitely.
0: Definitely. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm keen to talk about some of those themes and do a bit of a dive. So, I don't have any stats to back this up, just anecdotal evidence Mm. from women that I've spoken to. And certainly I'm I'm talking from my own heart and experience is that there's many, many a woman who throughout her life has felt that she's not pretty enough, that she's not beautiful and that we can be incredibly self-critical. And that's the first chapter of your book is you're not pretty enough to be on our team. Can you share with us? A bit of your story, because that's setting the tone for the book. Absolutely. Yeah, we do. We we go
0: through life, you know, being women, mostly women on this podcast, uh, thinking we need more. We need to look a certain way. We need to get to a certain weight. We need this to be accepted, etc. I believe it crosses all of us at some point. I started with this chapter. It was, it was literally the first thing that came out with my pen, because this is where my eating disorder started. I always say this, my eating disorder started at the age of six years old when those words came out of another girl's mouth playing a game of tunnel ball at school. You know, I was waiting there in line and, you know, everyone's getting picked around us and at six years old, I'm watching these people get picked and I'm like, oh my goodness, what's wrong with me? As a first time, I really noticed that I've questioned what's wrong with myself as I am in this moment. And, of course, it got down to the wire and those were the words that were spoken. It was nothing to do with her fault, nothing to do with that. It's how I took those words on board and I made them my story for the next three decades.
1: I can't speak for everyone. Certainly, everybody has their own stories. But when I read that in your book and in hearing you say that, I could totally see that image of you being a little girl And, you know, standing, because that's what they used to do in, in sports, you know, when you're in, 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 in primary school was you'd have to stand there and two people would pick. Yeah, totally. Pick who was going to be on their team and you'd stand there hoping and praying you weren't going to be the last one.
0: We grow up with this expectation, you know, or whatever it is to feel liked and popular and attractive and all of that. And Yeah, when we have a a moment happen like that, and I think we've all possibly been through a similar moment, those words became my limiting belief and story for the next 30 years. But that, again, was my choice to take that on board.
1: Yeah. Mm. Do you know what? I don't recall ever really feeling pretty or being told I was pretty as a young girl. Now, I may have been, but I don't recall that I don't recall and I certainly never ever looked at myself and thought well you're pretty and the other day somebody sent me a photo and it was a photo of myself as a little girl and Mm. I looked at that photo and I was like oh my god I was a really pretty little girl wow and I never thought that isn't that so interesting I know and I look at that now I've looked at that photo many times yes and I go I look at my blonde hair look at the way I was holding my hands look at I, I don't know and I go I've never looked at myself and thought wow you look really pretty
0: well thank you for bringing that up I really wonder if this you know resonates with our listeners as well it's just such an important thing and it might even just be a moment let's just take that information right now and you might be sitting in your car, you might be at home, go and find a freaking mirror right now <laughs> and just take a moment on this and maybe just press pause and take that moment to actually look in the mirror and actually just say something kind to yourself. And I just want to drop that in there right now because that just came up, but you got a choice, right? Whatever's looking back at us in the mirror right now in this body, you know, whether our skin's breaking out, you know, mine's breaking out at the moment, whatever, but I'm going to choose to love it anyway. And you've got that opportunity to change your dialogue right now so maybe just take a moment and actually just look in the mirror and go you know what you're all right you know you're amazing until it makes you laugh like you feel like a bit of a dickhead great go there because we all deserve to feel that
1: to feel the self-love
0: exactly and guess what you're going to do by actually saying that to yourself of course if you've got kids and i know a lot of you on this podcast do yeah they're gonna see that how good is that if you start to talk to yourself and go you know what if what mel said before if i've not felt that which a lot of us myself hasn't either can we start to change that dialogue absolutely you're then giving that permission for your little ones to do the same that's amazing
1: yeah absolutely
0: want to fill your soul with more go to the sisterco.com
1: so i think that's something that as women and and some men too absolutely Mm. that many of us do have in common is that whole self love yeah Yeah, which is why I love that, you know, you you do that work around your language. How do you speak to yourself? Mm. What's your language? Which is what it's all about. Yeah, look, in a nutshell, it's, it is. And it's up to us what garden we choose to water,
0: isn't it? You know, we can either like choose to like, you know, not water the flowers and they don't grow and it gets overcome with weeds and shitty self-talk and, you know, sabotage and, everything else that comes with that. Or you can spend time in the garden and watch those flowers grow. And the more that those flowers grow, then the more space you're going to have for those weeds not to come through. And that's, again, the neuroplasticity in a nutshell. We just have to work at it. Yeah. Everything's practice and repetition. You know, I'm 41. If I, <laughs> I had practiced those thoughts and words and behaviors and actions and shitty self-talk for over 30 years, of course my brain was going to be hardwired to react with the dialogue that it did. And so when we can slowly recognise that, we then start to rewire our brains with a bit more compassion. Self-love is what you said and kindness and it starts to become us. Let's get soulful on social media. Search the Sister Code Facebook page and follow us on Instagram.
1: Which leads me on to the the next theme of Watch Your Language book. You talk about losing the authentic spark Mm. Now, a soulful man who was actually a psychic said to me once that we're all born perfect. We're perfect little humans, but over time, stuff happens to us, shit Mm. happens to us, people happen to us, good and bad things happen to Mm. us, and that we slowly can lose that joyful, authentic part of ourselves Mm. that makes us human. What do you think contributes to that authentic spark?
0: Great question. Bronnie Ware, in her book, The Five Regrets of the Dying, also says a similar thing at the end. We're born like light globes. And I think I share it in my book, I believe, at the end. And same thing. We have stuff thrown at us and we throw stuff too, right? And we start to dim our light, right? The light, though, is still there. We're still glowing. Yeah, It's just harder and harder to see right? And that stuff, I believe, let's talk the world we're in at the moment. Big, big part of that, of course, being social media, expectations of what we think beauty is, right? Again, how how do we define beauty? Because we look at something we think that's ugly. So we expect or we look towards uh, something that you know is beauty. Let's say an Instagram post or whatever, and we think we need to look like that. And I believe that's where we start to mould ourselves to fit an
1: expectation that society wants us to be. Yeah, you know I've seen many a woman that comes through Got You Back Sister, Got You Back Sisters, mm. domestic violence charity that I run. So many of the women who come to Got You Back Sister have experienced abuse, whether it's emotional, verbal, physical, sexual cohesive control mm. and it has damaged their soul it's damaged their psyche yeah there's like a deep dark shadow that has moved in that lives inside them and it's slowly spread throughout their body and mm. and i guess i see that and that and that shadow is shame mm. yeah it's guilt and shame yeah and i go it's it's interesting as well I go, we as humans can be so hard on ourselves that something happens to us And we lose a little bit of that authentic spark because we go into a whole shame spiral. Definitely. We go down that rabbit hole of shame. Yeah. Yeah. And so when I was reading about the whole losing your authentic spark, and then you have a chapter around shame and guilt and self Mm. blame, I can think of a number of examples within myself where I've done something, made a mistake. Mm done something or said something and then will totally beat myself up and yep. go down this whole shame cycle and then I go see my mom for this letter and you she makes and it look <laughs> up. Yeah.
0: Yep. Why do you think we do that? I love this question. Now, there's a video up on my YouTube of I was in my eating disorder for 28 years or eating disorders, bulimia, anorexia, orthorexia, and you name it, I had it, and then all the addictions. My mom and the, the letters at the start that she wrote, Um, I get quite emotional always coming back to this, but my mum held on to the guilt of thinking it was her fault that she caused my eating disorder, that she couldn't fix it. She held on to that probably longer than I was in my eating disorder. And I still think there's still a part of her that still doesn't believe that it wasn't her fault. And This is so irrelevant and I'm really big on this. That videos up on my YouTube and it's so important. I talk in the book on these things called samskaras, right? And I'm going to just go very briefly on this, but it's so important to understand what we hold on to, what we choose with our willpower, because it's a choice, to hold on to gets stuck, right? Energy can't flow, which means we then dim our spark because we lose This flow state, our energy, our energy starts to slowly deplete. Now, samskara means impression. It's something we have chosen to cling to, either a really good moment, say like, you know, a boyfriend 10 years ago, and it was really good sex, and we're like, oh my God, why can't my relationships be like that, or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or we cling on to something we had or owned, right, that's clinging, or we resist, right this is when we push the things down the shame the guilt the blame does that make sense yes
1: absolutely so
0: if we are doing either of that right it's an impression and it stays stuck in our body i got told it was not wrong or right it's just what they know that yeah if you just bury your emotions they'll go away and i wonder if anybody else has been told that and i tried to do that i tried very hard as well you know if you read the book i'd go through all that but things just don't stay still. So this is energy and it spins around like a little whirlpool in our body until we're triggered in our environment. When we're then triggered in our environment, all of this comes up again. We feel the same shame, guilt, blame, whatever it might be, that we felt at 10, at 15, in the workplace when somebody said this. Does that make sense? Yes. So we have not let it go. And however many things we hold on to, cling or resist, they take up space in our bodies. Therefore, our spark gets darker and darker, like what you mentioned about the women before. We carry a shadow with us. We're so far from the person that we once were. It's still there, but it just has many layers.
1: So how do we change that? (laughs) <laughs> that that's nice? the she question nice to get a shovel and just get down there and dig, <laughs> dig them all out <laughs> so, well, well there's a famous book called excavating your authentic self <laughs> oh is there oh my god i love that yes uh, Sh- uh sarah van brethnick yep. i think it is yeah excavating your authentic self yeah amazing thank yep. you
0: i read <laughs> that when things go in it's painful right like that story what i had to do is i we have to feel to heal right emotions are here to be felt Aren't they? Yeah. You know, but too easily we numb and run from them. Again, I talk on numbing and running a lot. I was very, very good at numbing and running. Yeah. But we have to allow ourselves to feel them again and the universe will send them to us when we're ready. When we're ready to do the work and we are open to change, when we have held on to it long enough, which I guarantee you already have. Yeah. We've held on to it long enough. We then say to the universe, you know what, I'm ready. I'm ready to clear this out. And guess what? The universe will bring it up for you. And, so, and sometimes you need help with that. You do, 100%. And This is what books are for or just getting help or talking to someone. Man, the amount of times that I have gone to see someone or gone, I need help or just even ask the question, it then comes up when I'm ready. So, And when we can do that, we can actually sit with it and actually go, you know what, is this true for me anymore? Do I really need to hang on to this guilt from 20 years ago? is this shame really necessary right and you know that's the thing it's actually going you know what? I can choose to do something for my heart for my soul to actually go you know what I choose not to believe this anymore and practice rinse and repeat and that's sort of what the be here method is in the book that I talk about
1: yeah it's funny I have a little a team of a few people that I when I find myself struggling with detrimental mm. negative thoughts or feeling guilt yeah. or shame. I have a couple of trusted people that I go to when I share that with them and it's so interesting because they always put in perspective and they're like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You're totally beating yourself up over that and it's not a big deal. Yeah. So I absolutely I say this all the time, you know, you need to have the right people around you yeah. who absolutely have your back. Absolutely. And and people that you can go to and get a, a helpful, unbiased little prodding to go, Do you know what? Do you know what, sweetie? To You're see. totally reading way too much into that.
0: Yeah, to see it from another point of view. Yeah, hundred percent. And and that's that's in, in a nutshell is be okay with you know talking it out. Be okay with sharing it. Say, wow, I feel this. This is coming up because when somebody else can see it for you and you you nut it out and you have the conversation is what Mel said. You realize it's just like a, you know, a small fuck basically, yeah. you know, and that's it. And you're like, you know what? Wow, I've been spending so much time on this.
1: Been ruminating on it, yeah. not waking and thinking about it in the middle of the night. Yeah,
0: yeah. 100%. And the, the more that we can uh, just allow, simply allow ourselves to, to see things as they are. That's what they say in Buddhism, to simply see, right? And, yeah. and that is so powerful to, to actually go, okay, I'm feeling this guilt or shame. Is it possible to say thank you in that moment? I'm going to put that out there, and I want you guys to, if anything you take away from this podcast, when things come up, and they will, right, it's your choice and my choice if we decide to push it back down and let it sit there for another 10 years. Now, this is just where this is going. My nan held on to her guilt and shame for 70 years. She is the backbone of this book, and it's the very first thing I write about. I saw her take that guilt and shame to her grave, her last words were I've been an unkind person, I can't forgive myself.
1: Oh, wow.
0: No one in this world deserves to hold on to something like that for 70 years. Yeah. It is a life of suffering and it's a choice.
1: Yeah. And do you know what? You know, I talk about living a, a soulful life, a more mm. soulful life, and that's something that I, you know, that's my journey Yes. Yeah. how do I live a more soulful, more joyful life? And I go, that's what our soul wants. Yep. Our soul actually wants us to be joyful and to yes. be happy and not to be held down.
0: No, it's our natural state. We fuck it up. We yeah. fuck it up all the time. <clears throat> our ego
1: fucks it up. Our 100%. head, fuck, our, um, our minds, our head, fuck it up. Hundred percent. Because our little heart and soul, they just want us to be happy yeah. and okay. But our head, our ego, and our minds stuff it up.
0: Yeah, because the world we're living is just like it's it's such a different world out there. It's you know it yeah. it puts so much pressure on us, and we think that. You know, we have to hold on to it, doing the wrong thing or whatever it is. Yeah, it's up to us how long we choose to hold on to it for, and it, it's just so powerful. We do realise we have a choice. Yeah, you know? but it takes practice and repetition. And I'm still working on that. Yeah. So much. Want to save your soul? Review us on Apple Podcast.
1: Well, and I want to touch on something that I know you're really passionate about, mm. and that is, which you talk about in your book as well, that's about the selfie addiction and no filters.
0: <laughs> how long do we have?
1: <laughs> <laughs> We've got about five minutes. <laughs> Perfect.
0: Quick, just quickly and briefly, filters are fine and they're okay, they're fun, it's how we use them, right? I'm really, really big. So Snapchat selfie dysmorphia, life-threatening, right? The rates of self-harm, suicide, uh, eating disorders in the age demographic of 12 to 17 year olds and it's of course not just 12 to 17 year olds that are using more so body editing um, and filters consistently they're now looking in the mirror they do not like what they see so what actually happens they move into a state of depression they don't go outside they stop eating because they do not look like they're filtered or body edited self and of course this is where it escalates on a huge scale it is absolutely not okay to edit our bodies on social media I said, filters can be fun, but you've got to question why we're using them and what's the reason behind it? And am, am I creating an addiction with this? I said, it's nothing wrong with the filters, but if that is all that's on our social media feed, it is all our young kids are seeing too. You know, there's yeah. an app out there called Likey. I don't know if you've heard of it. No, I... So Likey is a version of TikTok, but it's not regulated as much. So in there, I obviously share hashtags and, and you know, ones that are banned. However, on Likey, there's not as much regulation, so the content that is on there is younger than TikTok and just jump on and have a look. Yeah. I'll leave it there. Okay. Um but it's yeah, it's my second book, The Perfection Pandemic, and if we've created what's on there now then we have an opportunity to create something different. I've got the filter free hashtag going across at the moment and body editing is not okay. What's your Instagram Meg? Yep. watch Watch.ya.language. Yeah. Dot language.
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to learn, follow Meg and see what she's doing, because you're very vocal about that the whole, and uh, you do different videos, just kind of showing you how different <laughs> you look when you kind of start yeah. using a, a, a filter and you talk about the negative impact that filters can have on tweens and teens, yeah. you know, jump on and, and have a look and follow Meg. You can join the whole crusade that hashtag no filter
0: awesome yeah I
1: posted one up today it's even myself
0: it's easy to look at and go wow that's awesome it's really easy to get caught up in that you know and, and, and,
1: and I'm gonna say as a an ex-photographer you don't need a filter if you just go and use natural light in the right spot yeah like really
0: and and you're perfect as you are we're, the only, ones yeah. who, we're <laughs> the only ones who give a shit yeah absolutely and it feels so good and guess what it takes so much less energy so much less energy
1: yeah so my friend I know that um, you're very passionate around educating people on, on the inner work, how to do the inner work, because really all these different themes that you talk about in your book, and, and we've just touched on a couple mm. just now, to live that more soulful, joyful life where we're connected to our hearts and, you know, we're happy. That's yeah. what we want. Yeah. Really, it does take a lot of inner work.
0: Yeah. Oh. Definitely.
1: Yep. Yeah. So, can you just share with us what that actually means and what you do?
0: Sure. I think, above all, we just want to feel love and gratitude and kindness, is what Mel said. I think it's really, really important, but we have to be aware of what's going on. I've been running nervous system workshops at the moment. I've run five already in Newcastle, and I actually run them with teenagers because when we can recognize in our body what anxiety, stress, worry, doubt, fear, comparison, judgment, blame, shame, guilt, whatever looks in our body, Right. And we can actually honor the emotion. We can do something about it. And I believe that that is key. And they're the first three steps of the be here method. It's body, emotion and heart. So taking with us from that, when our body tenses, right, which means shoulders up around the ears, shortness of breath, a contraction in the belly, sickness, whatever you want to call it, you're being triggered by an emotion. Your body, you just don't close up for no reason, do we? Yeah. So that is a beautiful sign to actually go, hang on a second, I'm being triggered by an emotion. One, I see you, body. Wow, I see you bloating. That's the first one for me. All my skin breaks out. Cool. Two, I feel you, emotion. Oh, I feel you, anxiety. I feel you, fear. So by doing that, you become present, don't you? Yeah. You're noticing that your body is tensing and you're you, there's an emotion going on. Great. In that moment, you then have a choice. So say thank you because when you say thank you, you let it in. You don't push it away. Tension only creates more tension and that's only going to create a monkey mind, isn't it? Yeah. So that's how I believe we honour it and say thank you for showing up. What are you here to teach me? Why am I feeling jealousy? Right? Why am I feeling anxiety? That's something in the future. Oh, I don't need to worry about that yet. It hasn't even fucking happened yet. Yeah. Right? Or why am I feeling guilt? Oh, that was something 10 years ago. Is that necessary? So you can actually analyse what's going on,
1: yeah.
0: And then the third step: ask yourself, what does my heart need, right? And go and hug your friend, go have sex, go
1: play, get outside, go walk at the ocean.
0: Exactly, That's give yourself a... some fucking kindness.
1: That's a really big one for me. Is um, is actually going and walking you know, doing a beach walk and getting my feet wet and feeling the wind in my face and in my hair and just slow breathing. And I go, when I do that, I just go to that soulful place. So I've realised now, and I've only come to this realisation seriously in the last six months, but I know that when I start to go down, a spiral, a spiral a negative thought spiral i'm feeling anxious worrying that's and whatever that is i know that if i go to the beach and i do that d the deep breathing and i feel because when you feel the wind in your hair and the sand and the water in your feet you become really present to that and actually everything falls away everything falls away exactly actually everything's okay because right actually it's all about being in the moment and in that moment everything's okay
0: oh so good i'm so glad you brought that up it's exactly it in a nutshell and the breath is it in a nutshell when we breathe deep from the belly into the rib cage and into the lungs it's a three-part breath we stimulate our vagus nerve our vagus nerve connects our gut and our brain and we tell our nervous system we are safe all we need to do in life is return ourselves back to safety when we feel into that state of safety we can make a choice if we are down in our fight flight State right. We all know that really well. Or further down, like where I was living in dorsal vagal, which is our shutdown, unresponsive, numb. One, our digestive system doesn't work. Two, we can't make a choice. We're yeah. not present. We're on autopilot. So we've got to return back to as that. what Mel said: take a deep breath in, step outside, look around you, and go fuck. Thank you. I have two feet and a heartbeat. I feel really grateful. Right, and then practice, rinse and repeat as as often as you can. Yeah, Because we've practiced for so long being here, right? Like what I did in shitty self-talk. That took practice. (laughs) 30 years of practice, it took me a while to shift it. And when I notice the anxiety, I feel anxiety all the time. But I catch it real quick. I'm like, oh, hey, the anxiety's there. Thank you. What do you need? I need to go outside. I need to slow down. I need to do some yoga. Do you
1: know what I love about you, Meg, is that you're really – open and honest around the challenges that you faced in your life and especially, um, The feelings of not good enough and having an eating disorder I love that you're so open and that you share that because the more that you do that and the more that women share their stories and have the courage to share their small their stories the more that I think we all realize that we're not alone that we all have our own stories and that we're all on our own journey and we're doing the best that we can Mm. for me um, it's about living a more joyful soulful life
0: totally it, yeah it, that's so powerful it really is if we can just lean into acceptance and go okay I'm here right now whatever has been has been it's okay what can I do now from this moment yeah that's it and we've we've got a body we've got today I get to have today again Tur to Pitt says that all the time wake up and go far out I get to have today so yeah. if you're not doing this already the first thing when you do when you wake up in the morning say thank you put your hand on your heart and repeat it's called the practice in the book. It's a 20 minute practice. Every single day and actually just go, you know what? What is it that I want to bring in today? How do I want to feel? Then go write it down and then go look at yourself in the mirror and repeat it to yourself. and Do that every single day for the rest of your life.
1: Mm. I love that. Thank you, my dear friend. Thank you. Now, Meg, where yeah. can people get a copy of your book? If people go to my Instagram
0: page, language, or onto my website, watchyourlanguage.com, it's all available through there.
1: I highly recommend uh, Soul Sisters that you go and find Meg's book and um, and read it. You, I absolutely resonated with it, and I found it really lovely and easy to read as well. Thank um, you. Yeah, no, thank you, Meg. You're doing beautiful work in the world. So thank you. Oh,
0: I'm so grateful. It's been a blessing to share. Yay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Hey Soul Sister with Mel Histon. What would help you on your crazy life journey? Email Melissa at thesistercode.com.